What are the three key fantasy football questions facing the 2023 New England Patriots going into training camp? It's time to break them down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're waiting for training camp. It is the month of July. That means we've turned the corner, and we're almost there. Training camps will open later this month in a few weeks. Looking forward to that as we head to the preseason, then the regular season, and doing our fantasy football prep for our drafts. We're getting through all 32 teams there for you, uh, doing a little bit of a preview going into camp for all of them. We are now deep into the AFC East. This is our fifth division. We're on another team here. That is the New England Patriots, our 19th team. We have 13 more to go. So we'll get to all of them here with our three key questions for all of them, asking them of all the teams in the league and trying to get the best fantasy football answers out there for you from what we know and what we're looking at with the numbers and potential usage as well as the talent here in these situations. So we're going to do it again today with the Patriots as we start a new week. Perfect team to have here right before the July 4th holiday. So happy July 4th, Independence Day for you here as we will take Tuesday off to uh, celebrate America. But the Patriots seem like a good way to celebrate today. Red, white, and blue will take an in-depth look at the team in New England on today's show. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen day. We're free and available to you wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe and follow for free. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive right into the first key question. Is Ramondre Stevenson worth the hype as an RB1? All right, let's break things down for him. Ramondre Stevenson now leading this backfield, the veteran, young veteran that's leading the way without Damian Harris in the mix. The Patriots have 106 vacated carries 123 vacated touches from the backfield they all come directly from one Damian Harris so it's uh, interesting that that's where they kind of didn't make up the void and kind of are going forward with the backups behind Ramondre Stevenson they had James Robinson on the roster for a while took a shot on him but right now it's still Pierre Strong, Ty Montgomery and Kevin Harris they're all in the depth chart and roster last year they're the three backups in order there were Strong, Montgomery, and Harris right now to Stevenson. So they didn't feel like they needed Robinson. That's good news for Stevenson here going forward. Let's first see what he did last year with Damian Harris in the mix. RB11 and half-point PPR was his finish. That was his overall scoring in terms of average week-to-week when looking at that. It was RB14, so still 
pretty solid right around the RB1 category. Now he's ranked RB10, so a little bit of bump up from last year's finish. Now, the numbers last year were pretty darn good. 210 carries, 1,040 yards, 5 yards per carry, 5 TDs. He also caught 69 of 88 targets, a very healthy number, 421 yards and a TD. So overall, you had 14, 61, and 6 on 279 touches for Stevenson. The vacated uh, touches, exactly what they turned into, 108 carries turned into 462 yards on the ground, three TDs. Not much there in the past game. He caught 17 or 23 targets. Harris did for 97 yards, zero TDs. So 559 and three is what he leaves behind from scrimmage. So, yeah, you're starting to push towards 2,000 yards available for Stevenson. Now, we know those touches are all not going to go, but it's a significant amount. We know Strong and Harris as younger running backs are going to see a bump up. I don't see Montgomery, however, having a bigger role. He was on the team and really didn't flash all that much here. So really the question is, can Stevenson get to two magic numbers? That's the 300 carry mark, which would bump up those numbers quite a bit, push him at 1,500 yards or more, give him more scoring opportunities for sure. Without Harris now, he should be the lead guy that's Damian Harris. I know Kevin Harris is still there. Now can you push the touches up to 400? That's the key here from where we're at. So it was a pretty healthy number. Again, 279 here. So you'd have to make up a lot of ground there in the passing game to get there. So I think 400 might be a stretch, but 300 touches is easy. 350 is what we're going for here if if he can get to 300 carries. So something to look at there overall. So really some opportunities there. So a few more catches, maybe bumping it up to maybe 80 catches and then getting it up to 300, you're close to what you're looking at for the numbers. So we know, again, they're going to give him a lead role here. They didn't feel like they needed Robinson. Strong and Harris should combine to get a little bit more work, but more in the complementary backup role. And Montgomery is not going to have too much of the effect of the receiving role of Stevenson. So we really like that number from last year, the 69 catches. He's going to be involved. He's one of their better receivers. He's their clear-cut best runner. This team's strength is running the ball. So I think this is underselling Stevenson at RB10. I mean, he has one of the better situations in the league. He's got explosive talent. He's a good receiver. He's a good finisher. All that good stuff here for New England. So I think this is underselling him as RB10. I think he's a little bit higher than that potential top half RB1 here. And again, he's going to get treated a lot like Nick Chubb is this year, where Nick Chubb had Kareem Hunt, where that's not the case anymore. You had Dearness Johnson, that's not the case anymore. So Chubb is going to get the key catches there to build up his rushing total, like we see Stevenson bumping up his receiving total and his rushing total here to build on that in New England. So it's really lining up well. Ramondre Stevenson, yes, the answer is believe the hype. I think it's real Everything that you're looking for, situation, talent, usage, what you want out of a feature running back that's going to give you that RB1 production, I think you can definitely get that from Stevenson. So, again, being a little bit modest with the RB10, double digits, I think he finishes the single digits there overall ranking should he stay healthy here in 2023. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the first key question, looking at Ramondre Stevenson, what role, how big of a role he could have with Damian Harrison, turning that into big-time fantasy football production. So we're really high on him. We're not as high on the wide receivers and tight ends, but we want to try to milk some value out of those positions in the passing game for the Patriots. And again, the limited pass game is why we love Stevenson out of the backfield and in the running game a ton. 
We will answer some questions as best we can with the wide receiver and tight end cores in our next two segments here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We did tell you at the top that this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Again, we have a small team at Sporting News. We have a pretty tight-knit team at Locked On. We're looking for the right people and LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you do that for your business. It's very easy to uh, hire on LinkedIn. You just uh, create a free job post. You add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockdownNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, it is uh, time to continue the show here on Locked on Fantasy Football and uh, break down more of the New England Patriots. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first one today. Everydayers, uh, you know who you are. You check out our show every day. We're really appreciative of you. That means we'll close our look at the AFC East. We'll take a break for July 4th on Tuesday, but come back there with the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Good way to close that division. So that'll be our next team. Again, if you missed any of those uh, previous teams we've covered, we've had the entire NFC and uh, half the AFC East as well. So broken down those 18 teams, check it out in our archives. And again, we'll get to all 32 teams, have them up there. You can listen whenever you want, however you want here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, let us look at uh, the next key question. Is there anyone we can trust in the Patriots' new look receiving core? They have 214 vacated targets. This is sixth in the league. A lot of it comes a little bit from tight end, but really the two guys that are really missing from this wide receiver core, Jacoby Myers, he had uh, 96 targets last year, caught 67 for 804 yards and six TDs. You also have Nelson Aguilar, he's gone. He had 53 targets, uh, 31 caught of those, 362 yards and two TDs. So when you look at it, 11,066 yards and eight TDs available, as well as a healthy dose of 90 eight receptions so let's look at how they replace these guys they signed Juju Smith-Schuster the former chief had a nice year with Kansas City Jacoby Myers uh, signed with the Raiders so Juju pretty much replaces Myers as a big slot they drafted Kayshawn Booty a versatile guy that can go inside and outside to replace Nelson Aguilar so that's how they kind of address this wide receiver core. They already have Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne. All these guys are still in the mix there for the Patriots. Let's look at what Jacoby Myers did last year. Wide receiver 28 in overall half-point PPR scoring. Wide receiver 28 in average half-point PPR scoring. So however you look at it, he was a solid wide receiver three, not much more than that with his limited touchdown total. Only uh, catches under 70 and uh, just having the receiving yards well under 1,000. So that's where he finished, but still that was good enough for wide receiver three. Juju was in a good position for wide receiver three in Kansas City, but he's ranked this year as wide receiver 46. So essentially he drops into the early to late uh, wide receiver three, four, where he was at wide receiver two, three earlier 
there with the Jacoby Myers. So interesting that there's a drop that much when Juju is a parallel move to get Jacoby Myers, but there's also thought of getting DeAndre Hopkins. So that's something we have to think about that he's on the table here for potential addition to this mix and really complicated things. You have a born Parker and Thornton still around. Parker could have a bigger role. He wasn't fully healthy last year. Thornton was getting used to things. You also have Bill O'Brien as your offensive coordinator. He's going to incorporate more of his two tight end sets or lesser opportunities to wide receivers on the field more often here. Juju Smith-Schuster figures to be one of them, but that's going to mix in the tight ends. Other of these receivers, no slot opportunities necessarily for Smith-Schuster. He's kind of the short area guy as well. So all these factors say the ranking is more accurate, that we're not going to bump him into wide receiver three range. He's definitely a wide receiver four at best we're targeting, and that's why he's at 46. I mean, really at the end of the wide receiver fours, if you look at 12-team leagues and being the last player at 48. So really, yes, I don't really trust anyone in this receiving core. Hopkins can only muck this up a little bit more when you have Juju and Boudet in there for – Myers and Aguilar and still some of the carryovers and just not a good passing game in general. I mean, Mac Jones, just not very effective. That's why we're not even asking a question about him in fantasy. He's buried all the way down as a QB three. So there's not a lot there. I'm going to say, no, don't look at uh, Jacoby Myers kind of viability and value being replaced by Juju. There's just too many mounts to feed too many things that could still happen with Hopkins. That could make things even messier with the targets that go across because then you'd have three receivers replacing two. So very messy, definitely in New England and uh, something to stay away from. So any of these current receivers, you can't look at at all. And Jones also being a big factor in throwing it to them. And the two tight ends, we'll explore that in our final segment. But that also plays a factor in making us less interested in these wide receivers. So. We'll break that down for you. We have a newcomer there, Mike Isecki. We'll break him down versus Hunter Henry in our final segment here on Locked on Fantasy Football, looking at three key questions for the Patriots again. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen today. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget our great team-by-team podcast, Locked on Patriots. Everything uh, bringing you the insight that you need reality-wise in the slow time in the NFL, keeping you caught up with all the moves and getting you ready for training camp as well. It is time to close the show and break down the last key question for the Patriots. Do you look at Hunter Henry or Mike Gusecki as a deep sleeper tight end? Now, let's see where they finished last year. Hunter Henry was tight end 21 playing for New England, playing off Jonas Smith. You have Mike Gusecki, tight end 23, playing for the Dolphins. So part of the reason they moved him there. You look at that. When you look at the average scoring, however, it drops even more. Hunter Henry was a tight end 27, Mike Gusecki a tight end 33. They just didn't use the tight end all that much in Miami. You figured they were not going to resign him in the new Mike McDaniel offense. Uh, that happened. Hunter Henry stayed on. They moved Jonas Smith in New England to Atlanta to reunite with Arthur Smith and be the kind of the blocking tight end complement to Kyle Pitts. So he moved again in Gusecki. Let's look at the rankings now of the tight ends for the Patriots. Gusecki, tight end 18, so six spots out of tight end one. Well, Hunter Henry is all the way down to tight end 27, so right where he finished on average last year. Let's look at what we got from Hunter Henry in 2023. He was a big, or 2022, I should say. He was a big touchdown maker in 2021. That didn't materialize again here. Uh, that was uh, kind of a saving grace with Mac Jones in the rookie season for the quarterback. But last year, only 41 catches on 59 targets, 509 yards and two TDs. So not a lot to see there. And a lot, a lot from Jonas Smith that we can also hang our head on either. So when you look at uh, 38 targets, 27 
and 245 were in the numbers. So overall, you had 68 catches, 754 yards, and two TDs on 97 targets from the Patriots tight ends. But they're going to use more 12 personnel, two tight end looks, so these guys should be on the field more often. And this is the key component, I think, is Gusecki was a player for Bill O'Brien at Penn State. So there is a connection already between the player and the coach. They went out and got him thinking he could morph in what they wanted in the 12 personnel as a receiver. Definitely a better touchdown score, more athletic target than Hunter Henry. He's not as good as a blocker, so Hunter Henry is going to be a key asset in that capacity in line blocking for the running game. So it all lined us up that Mike Gusecki is a worthy deep sleeper. This is an offense that should use the tight end more effectively. Again, O'Brien knows Gusecki's strengths and weaknesses. Mainly he knows his strengths, how to get him involved, maybe use him as a third receiver, line him up at the slot a little bit. You can't really do that much with Hunter Henry. So, again, it's all pointing nicely for Gusecki. I think he has value. I think what keeps him curbed a little bit as a bit of a tight end two on that line, a tight end 18, is the fact there is Hunter Henry, and he can score touchdowns, and he can pilfer things. But I think overall, I think Gusecki is the better tight end for the passing game, for this particular brand of the Patriots passing game, and that's why they went out and got him. That's why Smith was a bit disappointing. So a little displacement here that Gusecki is going to be more of the receiver, Henry more of the blocker. So Gusecki is the guy that you're looking at as a sleeper tight end. There you have it. There's a breakdown of the three key questions involving the New England Patriots. We're not talking about Mac Jones, but his backfield mate, Ramondre Stevenson, and his key receivers trying to extract the best fantasy football value and insight there for you in 2023. Don't forget, our next team every day will be the New York Jets. We'll shine the spotlight. Is Aaron Rodgers in position to return to the ranks of the QB1s? What does this mean for Garrett Wilson? What do we expect? From Brees Hall, is he going to be healthy enough to produce? So, exciting team to break down next, the New York Jets. Uh, this was an exciting team to look at the Patriots for Locked On Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer looking at the great stuff that uh, New England may have to offer in fantasy. And we'll try to extract some value there. And, again, we'll look at the Jets next. And, uh, again, everyone have a safe and happy fourth.